everybody, this is Maddie K from Portland's Pop Punk Band Pause. You're listening to the Puck Fortland Podcast. Kind of nothing. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll quit fiddling with the bottle for. Isn't that like that's the sound effects? People love it. People like they they really put some in the room. Right. They're, I, we're here with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and your Batman shirt. That thing's pretty vintage. It's pretty sweet, right? Yeah. This was uh, bought a couple years back uh, for my buddies. Um, you know what do people do? Get married they for do. his wedding. Mm-hmm. Sounds and like. And so me and the rest of the groomsmen all had a member of the Justice League's T-shirts on underneath, while the groom himself had the Superman T-shirt. See, big, so big Superman guy. He's a big Superman guy. I was the best man as Batman, Flash, down the line. Uh, very cool. And thank you for noticing. I, I try to wear it all the time and, and shout him out. Uh, that's my homie Brady. That's awesome. Uh, but for music, uh, you know, I've been playing around with Young Turks. Uh, my hardcore band here in Portland for over almost over six years at this point. Long time. Mm-hmm. The same group of dudes. And it's been awesome. But we haven't really been that active, you know? Not a lot of touring. Haven't recorded anything in a couple of years. So we'll still play around locally, locally when, a, when a show calls for it and stuff. But what we really put our focus on over the past year was writing a pop punk record. We just hold up and thought about our influences. What do we like? You know, we had like old Green Day, uh, you know, just the list mm-hmm. The list will go on if you, if you get me started. Yeah. But between No Effects and Mill and Colin and old Green Day and stuff like that, we go, all right, let's write some pop tunes with the punk feel. All the same guys from the heavy, the hardcore band, you know, what I'm showing you. Mm-hmm. You got Jason um, still? Yeah, Jason from Western, still, mm-hmm. still on guitar, shredding leads. He's too good. Um, and yeah, we wrote these pop punk songs. We call the band Pause. I was um, checking out that stuff. I downloaded uh, the album today. The, right on. This is really good. Thank you, man. Yeah, I I'm, enjoy it. That's the demo. Yeah. Um, but if you're a fan of any of that kind of stuff, you know you know that groove. It's got everything from like the Orange County '90s uh-huh. punk rock to the, you know, the drive-through era stuff. All kinds of good. Uh, everyone keeps calling it like newfound glory, which I kind of take as a compliment, and I kind of go, okay, well, that's that's enough of that comparison. What is new? Is new uh, newfound glory more of like Christian rock or something? No, no, no. They didn't have any weird uh, faith-related things. They oh, just, they like, just yeah, were like out. big with uh, high school girls, you know, like that was their niche right, market. Right, like, right. well, okay, we we can still apply, uh, appeal to the dudes, though, right? Yeah. But uh, people are. Really loving it. There's been a great reaction to it. We only did one show after, or right before we released the demo. We played a free show down at Food Fight. They just pushed all the grocery aisles like to the wall and uh, filed the place in like 80, 90 people. And uh, we did that free show, dropped the demo online, and 
And we're just kind of hanging back, like, all right, what do we do now? Write some more? I guess. take you to do like it was a pretty quick process as far as you guys are playing for a long time you're doing the right. heavier stuff for a while and then just to be into a bunch of different stuff individually as musicians for sure it seems like it, the way it came together and the way it sounds it sounds so so pro and put together well right it's like on. oh man you guys can really just slap this not slap it together but you know it seems like you, you did it fairly quick after coming out of because the last time I saw you guys was at Slab Town that closed oh right 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 so, which shows, was last year, right? 2015 or the end no, of 2014? It would have been the end of 2014. Right around this time, like or Christmas or the holidays. Yeah, I, I was actually, I'm trying to think of what it was. Did we do a Young Turk set or was that the Bruce Springsteen tribute? Oh, that was, night? That was the Bruce Springsteen set. Yeah, stuff, man. man. Holy they, shit. Slabtown did like the, the Ghosts of Halloween past, like Day of the Dead show because they were going out of business. And so they just did bands with like a deceased member set, learn three or four songs and come do it. And we did three Bruce Springsteen songs. <laughs> and that was awesome. That helped us learn that, hey, for a fast, super punk, hardcore band, we can learn like right, traditional right. rock songs. We can do it all and with relative ease. So put us in that mindset. Well, they blew up the chicken man in Philly last night. Now they blew up his house too. Now on the boardwalk, we're getting ready for a hell of a fight. Gonna see what those Iraqi boys can do. Now there's trouble buzzing in from out of state. And the DA can't get no relief. There's gonna be a rubble down on the promenade. And the gambling commission's hanging on by the skin of his teeth. Everything dies, baby, that's a fact Maybe everything that dies, someday comes back Put your makeup on, put your hair up pretty And meet me tonight in Atlantic City Of, like, 
okay, we could shake this hardcore thing off for a while, right? Some legitimate pop tunes. And uh, it wasn't as easy as it might come across. Even though we all have the chemistry, we all know what each guy brings to the table, to switch up the genre so intensely mm-hmm. uh, took a while. Took a, you know, those first five songs that we have was really, really pounding it out. Yeah. So now that the sound is established, everything that we've started so far has come together a lot easier. Right. And good for you guys for being able to change the style up and still stick with it and and take it, take it to that like serious level. We're not feeling like, oh, this isn't hard or this isn't like a. Right. You know what I mean, like doing something that's different and just being versatile is pretty huge. Right. Instead of just continuing to to phone it in, keep writing the fast hardcore stuff. We wanted to branch out. Uh, really, your drummer's great, by the way. I love that guy. Thanks, your drummer. That's Mason. That's Mason Juve. He has been a friend of mine for almost two decades, um, and he was the drummer in one of my first bands when we were just teenagers, like thirteen-year-old kids, up in Longview, Washington. He uh, played drums for our first band, Almost Heroes, um, and I mean, when you're at something that long, you know, from twelve, thirteen, when he first got on drums to now like he's gotten super tight are you you guys all in Portland now yeah everyone's in town um because I felt like for a minute people were living a little bit outside of town but um I mean what's outside of town I had that spot I had that spot in Vancouver for a while yeah that was me but um yeah everyone's in the city in fact our bassist Gareth he's he's like the only true Portland native um born like Forest Grove but raised up here in North Portland and uh, me and Mason just up the road, up by five, by about 45 minutes. And then our uh, guitarist, Jason, he's a California guy. And our other guitarist, Brian, he's uh, Eastern Washington by way of Colorado. So we're all a little bit transplants, but... Still West Coast. Still West, still best coast. Oh. Yeah, right? That's stabby right there. I felt that being from the East Coast a little bit. Oh, that's right. Uh, New Jersey. I don't take it to heart. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, you you clearly see the appeal. You've been out here for how long now? Jeez. 25? Nice. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going back. You don't want to go to Buffalo? Old Buffalo. Jesus. That's where I went to school, college. Buffalo, New York. You played some ball out there, right? It was like The Shining. Oh, God. What, you, you were getting lost in a shrub maze? <laughs> yeah, just you? snow everywhere. Yeah. Damn. I do miss those days of playing basketball. I was going to post a picture today that we were talking. I might do it when I drop this uh, this this episode, that picture of us looking super hard. Oh, right. That was so, like back last summer. For the listeners who summer. don't know, yeah. uh, we worked at, at Fellow Tech together yep. at, the, at their warehouse here in Northeast Portland. That's how we met. And on lunch breaks, it was, hey, do we want to sit around and eat or do we want to go shoot hoops? So we'd walk over to that, what I feel like is an abandoned school. It's still. It's a school. School. Yeah, they're not. They're not putting any. Um, they're just not doing any into work. that court or sweeping or picking up the needles and that. No, that, that was our job to yeah. do during the summer. Yeah. So yeah, we'd go shoot hoops and we did. We had that one hard as f photo. It was hard great. as nails. We thought we were, th- we were fucking doing it. What was awesome is that we used to think that lunch break would go so quick. You'd be like, "That's it. We got half an hour. You, yeah. You just sit down, eat, talk a little bit to the guys, and then you're done. Right." But we couldn't convince anybody, to be like, we can walk over, play, like, two games, yeah. and come back and, like, bang, like banging out. Right. And nope. feel great and be totally like, hey, guys, like, come back. Everyone's still hey. be like, oh, I'm a little sleepy from 
eat lunch. <laughs> from eating a bunch of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from Kim's. <laughs> oh, God. Kim still comes back. I, I bet. I love watching Kim's get all the newbies being like, oh, they're so excited. Like, yeah. you don't have to go anywhere or bring your lunch. And they just get over there and start just uh, those jalapeno Cheetos. Oh, right. And a Coke. Bless her heart for, like, providing the people with food, but at what cost? Well, can't to you, what end? At what cost? <laughs> your life. Can't, yeah, you're the, I mean, the you life of the Melotech f- toilet. Can't you? Oh. <laughs> Backsplash. The movie. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can have, let's talk veganism. You're a vegan. No doubt. Yes. Are you alcohol-free, too? Yeah, yeah. Um, you could classify me as vegan straight edge. I do classify myself. Um... No, sugar is probably pretty uh, something that you watch a lot. I, I try to watch it more, having learned a lot of the things about it over the past few years. Right, but I think if you're vegan and not no alcohol, like a lot of it's just natural sugars that you're. Yep, you do. I do a better job eating. of getting my sugar just out of actual pieces of fruit. Right, but that doesn't stop me from making like rice krispie treats with agave nectar oh, and shit. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I could fall down to a sugar landmine easily. Right, but um, but yeah, no, no drink, no smoke. No meat, no dairy. Yeah. And I feel great. Just think about people's diets out there, dude. Yeah. When you drink, like, just drinking a Coke for as pleasure. Once in a while, I'll look at it and I mm-hmm. come back from a bike ride or something around bonked. I'm like, I'm going to drink a Coke. No doubt. Those things are like crack. Like, they really right, do hit right. you. But when you're drinking that stuff every day, I mean, we've all watched the movies. We've seen, like, uh, Super Size Me yeah, and all that fed stuff. Yeah, up. Yeah. It really is fucking true. And yeah. If you just cut your sugars out, if you're just eating properly and getting sugars from... Because when you're eating breads or eating, um, you know, spreads like transfer, like break down, gluten breaks down into sugars, right? Right, right. I mean, if that's just like what naturally what you're eating, you're still getting a lot of sugars. You're getting a ton of it. Yeah. Right? You're polishing those Cheetos off with a Coke or like a Super Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, you're spiked. Do you your see blood those sugar level kids? is spiked. Did you see those kids on the... Um, in the South, putting gasoline in Mountain Dew and drinking it and getting sick. What the fuck? The young kids? No, I haven't seen that. It was pretty recently. It was, uh, they were calling it like Dewshine or something like that. But they are mixing their kids that couldn't get booze. That's because making me sick right yeah, now. Yeah, they're in, they're in the like dirty South where like there's like dry territories or something. Yeah, dry you know? counties and right. stuff. So the kids are taking like gas from their quads or get like super gas, from, yeah. you know, like a really what's like a high octane fuel, you yeah, know, that you're 92. Run, yeah, like that you're running like pure ethanol off in your like engines and drinking that shit with Mountain Dew.
they are all the bugs like are a jersey in the car. Cowfield. Yeah. yeah you know like the dome lights on the belt the, the, the door opens like bing 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 you know for half an hour no yeah. one knows where it's coming from you're looking, we're at, just the looking at this guy being like yeah. get out of the car joe <laughs> it was madness. It was totally Jeez, crazy. Man. Somebody picked them up like hours later. We just left them. Okay. Like, yeah. Once we got out, I remember backing out and like seeing like when I turned the car and I, the headlights went off of him and he was yeah. like, "No, you give him the wave." Yeah, like, I was no, just like, we can't keep yeah, you. You'll be fine in the woods in the dark. There's <laughs> yeah. plenty of cows to keep you company. <laughs> and somebody picked him up and I was like, "How was it?" And they were like, "He seemed totally fine." Oh, good. And Lord. then the next night we went out for beers and he was like, "Thank you." He was like thanking me. He was like, "Thank you so much." Yeah. He's the like, greatest night. He's like, I really found like for him. He was like, I found. He probably figured a bunch of shit out, you know, like maybe that the, those gas experiences were fucked up for him. And he yeah, really like because mushrooms, you know, if you're have you ever tripped on mushrooms or anything like that? No, I never did any yeah. hallucinogenics. It really does like bring you into a sense of uh, you probably you just would come come right back to where you are right now. Yeah, if you're like very like solid moments with of yourself, clarity. Yeah, you become very like. So I've heard everything makes sense. My chick like, talks oh. about wanting to. Where is it? Peru. Go down, do the ayahuasca. Oh, geez. That's big time. Find our souls kind of thing. I, I, I admire her for having that type of ambition. Right. And this courage. Is, this is the same girl that smokes weed all of twice a year. So and she wants to go internationally to try a hallucinogen. I, I mean, that's dedication. Does she know where to go? Does she I'll escort her. I, I yeah. don't think she knows, and I don't think I'm taking it. But uh, hats off to her for, for trying, for wanting to. Yeah. Yeah, man. As long as you have someone like, spiritual to like, or who knows, like I've heard stories where people go down there and it's just like, you're like, oh yeah, ayahuasca. And then you just show up and it's just a bunch of white people like in a tent. You're like, right. You're, like, it's just like the locals oh, are this like, isn't we, a native. yeah, we can make it. Like we make it. Sure. Like get, come right in here and do it. Oh. So be careful who you, you know, you want to go to like and a And they're pretty, getting had? Not had. Okay. You're just not in like a, you're, you might be getting like the real like you're experience. You're not in the control like, environment. Like a dirt floor and like a. You know, like a little Coleman stove, and they're just like, we'll be back. Got it. Dang. Yeah, they take PayPal. Yeah, I bet Square Card Reader. <laughs> totally. I, I never did any of that stuff, uh, aside from... You're one of the rare... You're a rare gem, then. Like, there's not too many people that I... At least that I know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Aside from, you know, smoking weed through a pop can, maybe eating a handful of pills, getting, yeah. getting drunk with my older cousins. It was all the more I really played around with it, and it wasn't... Uh, there were a couple, small handful of bad times that I was right. really like, oh, God, what's so, wrong with me? So the Young Turks weren't like a, a straight-edge band or anything like that? Nope. Mm. Um, though a couple of us are committed to sober lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah we, got a, we got a variable Cheech and Chong on the bass and guitar in the band. So, <laughs> and, and God bless them because they're pretty fucking creative dudes. And I like coming up with mean riffs and like fast parts. And uh, they can do that all the more. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, if we need to get take it spacey for a second, all right. I know I know I can count on you guys to take it spacey for me. So we definitely have our songs that turn into these five minute jams out of nowhere. Where are uh, you guys playing out of that? Or like, where do you guys have a practice space? Yeah, we keep a Puddle Town practice space down off of uh, Division Regional for the listeners. That's a regional location. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that's a. It's a big studio space. A lot of bands have rental spots there. We share it with uh, another group called Puppy Breath. Um, that seems the way to go is sharing because it's it's not cheap. Yeah, it's not cheap. If I had my way, we would have a setup similar to yours or maybe um, 
set up in my garage. I got the deep southeast spot now with no neighbors to our left. So why not set the gear up there and pull like the five hour jam once or twice a month as opposed to how we typically do it is get together once or twice a week for like one or two hours. But um, I'd just love to get the dudes together and just make a day of it, you know, right, just a, a music food. day, eat yeah. food, write the music, play the video games, write more music. Yeah, being able to not have that time crunch and like sit back in and walk it, yeah. walk away, come back. But who has time for that, you know? We all got to pay the rent, so everyone's got jobs. Scheduling band stuff is beco- becomes Talk increasingly harder. Talk about that. Uh, I'm 29 years old, and... For a good portion of my early 20s, I was playing as a professional musician. That was easy because we didn't have to have career jobs. We could get in the van. We could go tour nine months a year. We had rehearsals about one time a week before practice, and then we'd go hit the road for three months. Um, And a good portion of Young Turks was kind of like that too, though I think our guys liked getting together a lot more often. But now that we're getting older, I'm going to be 30 next month. And it's, uh, it's not over, Ed, but it is getting increasingly harder because we've got homeowners in the picture. We've got wives mm-hmm. in the picture. 
So um, it's not just scheduling the time for when is that other band going to be in the space? It's like, hey, when is homie getting back from... Where'd he go? Thailand? Okay, yeah. He's on a little honeymoon in Thailand, so we'll see him in a few weeks. One good thing, though, you've been together for a long time that really is really helps. It's like you have that bond where you can really all be honest, open and honest with each other and be like, hey, this is really my time schedule. Like, can you work around it? Be straightforward. Mm -hmm. In the the early days, um, there was a lot of like, um, I'll, I'll say it, me showing up tardy or absent, you know, I wouldn't, I didn't have an exceptional attendance record early on. And as the vocalist, they kind of let that slide. Like, well, he's just going to sing. We're going to actually play these songs a million times over. Mm-hmm. And maybe, hopefully, they're giving me the benefit of the doubt. If he was down here singing for as long as we're playing, he'd blow his voice out every practice. Right. So I'd like to think they gave me that. But after a while, it became clear that, like, uh, there's there's no, uh, there's no growth without pain. You got to get in there and, and get the hours right. So there was a, I will, not an unspoken, but a, a quietly spoken agreement. Like, guys, I'll be at practice every time from here on. It's not me anymore to miss it. So, yeah. but... Conflicts are conflicts, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do? Like, uh, I see the drums, I see the guitars and keys. Who do you have trying to get over here that you can't get over here because of adult responsibility? I'm not. I'm just going. So once in a while, my buddy Kevin comes by. Okay, we once, got the buddy Kevin once a week. Uh, Kevin Murphy. He's a he's a cycling guy. Okay. He's been with like PDW, Swobo. He's like worked with a bunch of people. Now he's with, uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember who he's working with, but uh, he's been coming over for weekends. Yeah. We went three straight, and then we this last weekend I sort of got sick. Right. So he didn't come over, but he brings his guitar and got a bunch of pedals. Yeah. And then we're okay. just like sitting down, and we're not trying to do anything other than figure out the sound in here, and then. He's a little bluesy. He's got some like some some riffs, some chops, you know. But he's just mm-hmm. trying. He's fairly like a new guitar player, but he can play some stuff, you know. Yeah. So we just sit down and like we sort of like, what's that? And like, it's fun because we don't talk. There's a lot of noise. We're not like interrupting each other, being like, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try that. Right. We just sort of go through things. And if he plays something I like, like I'll start playing the drums, you know, mm-hmm. and like get a groove going. And then if he's snoodling around, I'll get on the synth and just try to, you know, or I have the guitar with the pedals and like, yeah, we're just making stuff and recording it. So at this point, I've recorded all of our sessions, and, and I go back when I have a chance to listen. And then and I can find the and gold. I can like find these little like snippets where I'm like that's that's a tune right there. That's a gold nugget. Yeah. So I'm Cut, trying to put together paste. like a little like mixtape for him of like not even like 20 second snippets. Right. You know? But this part was cool. And just being like stuff we, like this yeah, is good. We can do this. And what we do too is when we find something, a lot of it is with the notebook mm-hmm. and a pen, and uh, just being like, what do you like? Where are your knobs on the pedals? Yeah. So it'll be like 79. Get that setting. It's back. overdrive. You yeah. know, it's like waz off. You know, it's yeah. like reverbs on here and like, or take snapshots. Yeah. And be like, Dudes nowadays are like, get a picture of that. I want that exact setting. Yeah. Next time. Like, Cause if you, you can turn a knob and be like, oh, I can't get back to it. Like, right. cause it, these pedals are so intense. So my big thing though, for me being here, it's been such a blessing because I'll wake up at like in the middle of the night and be like, that's what I wanted to not mm-hmm. so much with the drums, but on these synths and or sure. the guitar and just start like laying down like little ideas and can sit and do like a half an hour, like two in the morning like and get something going and yeah. it just feels so good that like no one's here I'm not waking up roommates right it's right. not loud that That's the neighbors nice. are gonna wake up you know and like or mm-hmm. I can p- plug in with the headphones and just sit in here no doubt 
That's, That's almost cool. should be for uh, like if I was president, okay. I would be make that mandatory for almost like every kid or every household. Like you would. You'd have to have like a music room, or that's why when you talk about schools and being like, "What you don't have a music program in your school?" Right, like that's con- key for creativity and brain growth. Yeah, just to, how to even talk to people. Don't you want a nation of smart people? Right. We've had music since the beginning of of mankind. Right. So let's yeah, that right. seems weird. So weird. It's unfortunate. We had music growing like we had mandatory music class. Right. When of I was course. Growing up. Uh, that's where I learned my first guitar chords was in the music program at Beacon Hill Elementary School. Yeah. Uh, my dad bought me a guitar two years prior, a left-handed guitar, no less. But what eight-year-old kid wants to do anything other than look at a cool guitar? I just, I, I, probably many, but I wasn't there yet. Right. I took it for granted. You're lefty also? Not anymore. Uh, well, <laughs> not <laughs> <Sorry>. anymore on <laughs> guitar. Yes, I'm a lefty. Yep. But... Uh, when my dad goes, okay, you don't play this. I'm selling the guitar and yep. sells it. And then two years later in elementary school, I learned all the chords. Right style. I learned it righty style. Yep. And I pretty much stayed that way. I always, anytime I fool around on a drum kit though, because I did take drum lessons for a year at like 11 years old. Mm-hmm. I played right hand style, but open handed, yep. you know, with the left hand on the hi-hat. That's right the left hand snare. Yep. And I know a lot of good professional drummers that do that. Uh, my buddy Jimmy, bunch of bunch of really cool drummers too that do rad stuff playing open but anytime i fool around with it anymore i set it up like a proper lefty uh which you do not no nope, snare side you do it you do open-handed that's because this guy got dro- it got drove into me lessons yeah. just being like no the, my teacher was like i'm not gonna switch it over to show you plus he was like i don't know how to do it i don't know how to play lefty well so he, i just you'd got- have to set up mirror kit right and right. if you don't have two drum kits, right? Yeah, I play that open style. Yeah, you know, I, that's I a rarely, good style. I rarely cross over. And so I, you're you make the list of impressive drummers I know that play that way. Right. What I'll do is I'll just move the rides over to my left side. Like yep. I just move everything over, and it's just like a, it's just sort of harder to get over to the to get back from the low drum. You know, the non-music geeks yeah, listening right tone. now are like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. Um, I remember when we were playing basketball. You were you shoot lefty yeah yeah and righty you, you, i'd like to drive i like to drive the right but shoot from the left side you had a drift right you come drifting in you know so much more basketball fundamentals than me though how about those blazers this guy played for buffalo you guys how about those blazers well i never made the squad oh uh, well you were practice squad you got red squad i got red shirt red there we uh, go. what's it called the red, red shirt, shirt yeah yeah freshman year you're kind of on the team red shirt uh you played the exhibition games or something uh, scrimmages, yeah. yeah Scrimmage and uh, some preseason games. That's then, what I mean, preseason. Yeah. Because they try out. When you go out there and they're like, well, we're going to put you against, you know, you go up against another college. Mm-hmm. They have like a preseason game where it doesn't count. And you see if you make the squad and you have like up until the first sort of, until the regular season starts, until you make it. Yeah. God, what a nightmare, man. I've never been under more pressure. That might be something that I wish I had done a little more of. Um, hurt my knee playing football as a kid, but... Um, why I didn't go into basketball, a sport I really enjoyed, I, I to this day can't understand. Maybe I was doing too much theater or doing too many bands after school and stuff like that. But I can't really put it that way because all that music led to a very fulfilling life yeah. that I've created here of, of being more or less a career musician. Um, and for those that can't see uh, what we look like here on the podcast, <laughs> we're very average. Yeah. Maybe average even white like small guy. on the smaller side. Of the maybe white just dudes. below right. average like height, five ten. But 
I've always really enjoyed basketball, despite not getting around to it. So a big regret of mine is not trying to play it uh, in high school, junior college, that kind of stuff. Yeah, junior college would have been a great way to... You might have crushed down there. (laughs) Maybe. super fun. Um, But man, uh, I'm not super statistical. When it comes to basketball, college, NBA, whatever the case, I don't know... A lot of my fundamentals. I definitely know all my numbers when it comes to statistics. I'll leave that to Jason from Young Turks and some of the other guys. But when I heard Vegas odds on the Blazers this year was 26 wins. 82 games, 26 wins. I go, that's bullshit. And here's why. And I'm going to share with you why. (laughs) Let's start from the top. Blazer president, Neil O'Shea, is too smart to put a bunch of scrubs on the team just so we can tank. He knows to keep the community interested, to keep the national mm-hmm. basketball um, community interested, uh, and to keep us looking good to potential free agents that might want to come play here. We're not going to intentionally tank, and we're not going to just put scrubs on the team. These are the best guys we can get given our situation. And we have a shitload of money because we didn't have to re-sign LaMarcus. Two, Coach Terry Stotts is smart, man. He coaches a great team. Um, And then that being said, Dame Lillard, too much of a beast. He's too much of a beast to to just have some, not just a losing season, but like a sub-40 losing season. Doesn't seem like him. It just doesn't seem like with those three things that I know very well that that was going to happen. So I always had easy money on 27 wins. And if anyone's following... We're at the all-star break. There's only 30 games left in the season now. We're at 27 already with 30 more to play. So uh, I'm feeling increasingly confident about these guys. I love these guys. I've been getting a bunch of <coughs> a bunch of ticket discounts through work. Oh, yeah. Um, so I've been going a lot, sitting in the 100 level for, like, cheap. And then uh, Mike Lawrence took me to a game the other night. Oh, Shout out that? to Muscle Mike. Um, What's that guy doing? I see him a lot. Yeah, he works for you guys uh, primarily. Yes. Are we going to cut tape? Excuse me. Do a pause. You can keep talking. I can always cut it. I need a cough drop. Get a cough drop. Man. Yikes. You seem like one of those guys that would just leave it in. Yeah. Like, oh, the dead air and the walking away. People love it. It's organic. You're in the room here with us. I should have kept talking. I'm sorry. But Muscle Mike Lawrence, I'm back, people. Him and him and Smitherman, him and Smitherman mm-hmm. have uh, like a half season ticket package, quarter season something like that. That's so do it. I got to scam a free game the other night, and it was a cool win against the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Very cool game. Um, so yeah, I've had a lot of fun. Saw us beat the Bucks, lost to the Clippers. My cousin came up from Eugene. He's a lawyer, so he's got like baller money, and he wants the baller treatment. So we bought the 100-level tickets for Kobe's last appearance in Portland. Oh, man, that was good. Smashed them. Months before that, the blowout against Cleveland, the Cavaliers blowout, we were, I was at that too. So I've had season tickets before, and I've had been a non-season ticket holder who just ended up with like <coughs> 20 games somehow. And this has by far been my best season of games because I've seen a m- way more wins than losses. And uh, that's not been the case for me in the past, even when we're having, quote, unquote, better seasons. <coughs> God bless you. Bless you, sir. We almost called this podcast off today because <coughs> you were under the weather. Oh, it's terrible. Should we have? 
Are you regretting the decision? I just got a little frog in there. It All right. happens. We'll get the frog out. I can I can talk that it out. A spicy spot right there? Yeah. I think it's the passion. I'm feeling that Blazers passion. Right. You feel it. And I think that's why when the Lakers lost, why the Cleveland lost, like they're coming in. You're not going to run over the Blazers. The Blazers, too, inherently always step it up for when it's like the big right. teams. Of course. Well, they love beating Kobe. They've loved oh, beating Kobe man. for the last 20 years. How are the crowds for Kobe's last game? They must have gave him a It was a crazy good... purple and gold all over yeah. that place, man. Um, a ton of eight Kobe jerseys, way more 24 jerseys. And then a <coughs> few of those, who did he play for? What was his high school? I almost said Wake Forest. That's a college. Uh, but a couple of Kobe's high school jerseys like in the oh, crowd. Shit. So people come out for him. And that's, you've been to Lakers game here? Oh, yeah. The, the people that come to Lakers games at Rose Quarter are people you didn't even know lived in Portland. Like It's like we have a little L.A. part of town that they all live at. And they, they come to the Rose Garden twice a year. And you don't see them in any other kind of Blazer game. And they, they while out for Kobe. and um, Yeah, I saw a dude get fucking... He, it was almost like he was Kobe. He had the Kobe jersey on. He was with his girlfriend. She had a Lillard jersey on. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is when Kobe came up and they, and Lakers won. Oh, man. So two seasons ago? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but it was a close game and we were like going to beat him. And Cody, Kobe came back and, uh, and won the game. I mean, it was him single handedly, you know? Right. And I've never been so psyched for somebody that's just a spectator. Like in the crowd, you know, it's just oh, like right. sitting there because he was like heads down. He was just like, he knew Kobe this. was going to do it. You know, yeah, like he yeah. was just sitting there like his girlfriend was like petting him on the, on the back and he was like shrugging, you know, he's like, don't touch me. You Come know? on, this is important. You know, because she's really being like, we're going to beat you because they have like a nice love relationship. Right, you know? right. And Kobe dropped the last shot to win it. And it was like, it wasn't dead quiet in there, but uh-huh. it was quiet. No you know, doubt. it was yeah. just like, fuck, he did it again. And this kid stood up and turned around and was just like. Like looking, he was like panicking for a second because he didn't know how, he was celebrating right. and knew who where he I was. Who do I cheer with? Who do I? And he was just hands above the head and was like, "Yeah, fuck you." He was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And people started booing him, but in yeah. such a good way. They were. It wasn't like you're going to get clobbered at the end of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, and I've well, something like that happened. Like something terrible happened like that in Portland recently, wasn't it? Like somebody got holy shit got beat up right yeah I'll, let's talk about that for a second side note i've loved going kobe and, and chanting beat la forever um this cat who i know friend of a friend i'm only one degree separated from this kid who was assaulted violently oh, skull so you, cracked yeah uh by what what are being described as Seattle Seahawks fans here in Portland because he was wearing a Green Bay Packers beanie. Uh, I mean, what the fuck? I don't know anything else about the story. Obviously, there's two sides of everything. People mouth off this, that, whatever. But this is three dudes who beat the shit out of a friend of mine's, or at least an acquaintance of mine's boyfriend. Yeah. Um, Pummeled him. Like he was, yeah. He's been in the hospital for weeks. That's fucked up. Because he likes a violent push-around pad handball team more than your violent push-around pad handball team. I'm not a big fan of the NFL for a multitude of reasons, largely because of the absurd violence and bodily injury that comes from it, as well as all the... uh, That's just the players. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but the spousal abuse and the homophobia and just all the weird shit that comes with football uh, and also that I hurt my foot 
or hurt my foot, hurt my knee playing football at freshman year. Uh, there's personal resentment, but also there's just common sense stuff like, yo, you all get concussions. Yeah. A shitload of you like beat your baby mamas and the games takes two and a half plus hours to play and it's supposed to be 60 minutes and I don't, I can't be bothered. <laughs> you call it football. It is a lifestyle, man. It's like our modern day. Yeah. How gladiators were, you know? Right. Back in the day, except they're you not. You do need to go see some people tear each other's heads off. Right. But we've got UFC for that. Right. You've got boxing for that. Have you ever, I was talking about, um, I was talking to myself, actually. I haven't actually said this to anybody, but I talk to myself a lot, being a podcast person. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about, we were talking about uh, the at the rack or from the rack or different podcast. Oh, right. And I wanted to start talking about, would you call it a passion project? Passion project. Well, I like the idea of talking, at the rack. talking with people about podcasts that they like and getting different kinds of people. Like I do, my guests have been like recently mm-hmm. in podcasts, like in aficionados be like, what do you listen to? Cause I have like my five and I stick to them. Like I listen to them all the time. And let's, I let's hear them real quick. Well, there's history on fire. Okay. This guy, Donnelly Benelli. Uh-huh. Great name. Yeah. Donnelly Benelli. Yeah. I think it's Don. I think I'm probably pronouncing it wrong like your last name I did. <laughs> but he, he has recently started this podcast, um, History on Fire, and he goes into, like, his first two are, like, about the slave wars. Like, he just is, he's, like, a historian, and he walks you through history and about all the shit that you didn't learn in school mm-hmm. and all the stuff that's there in the text, but, like, your teacher doesn't dive that deep into, like, who the fuck was Spartacus? And like, he came out okay. of the slave wars and like, what happened to Rome? And he's like, he's going through history about word. Like, and he talks a lot about, I would check that one out. It's really good. Danelli Benelli. It's really good. Uh, then I listened to this crazy, I don't even know what to call him. He's, he calls himself like, uh, well, his name's Michael Savage. He's out of like San Francisco. He's like a political guy, like yeah. talking about Obama and shit all day. And like, yeah, I kind of know who you're talking about. Right. Here. He's like a, he's, <clears throat> Excuse me. I got to know if I'm thinking of the right guy. His podcast is a savage nation. A lot of people, as soon as they hear his tone and what he's talking about, they're like, they tie it into like Rush Limbaugh. They're like, you listen to that That kind is of who shit. I'm thinking of. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I just enjoy it. And I like, I like listening to he's, my opinion is you have to know, not your enemy, but you have to know the, the radicals to get a feel for like. No, no, you your know, enemy is like, a fine way to say right. it if that's what you mean. Right. He's got, he's, he's Some of these, bigger than Rush right now. And he's like, so growing, I've heard. Right. So he's so big that he's like prime time that there are so many people that think like him, even with Rush. Like, I've listened to Rush Limbaugh only because you're like, people fucking think like this. You're like, yeah. This, there's people listen to this guy every day. They didn't think like that until they heard him say it. He's right. got influence. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so crazy. It, the, I, that when you first mentioned Mike Savage, I go, okay. Ed's trying to it's trying to feel out like the competition here to find out what, what backwards things are getting said because that guy, from what I understand, he is a big hate monger, fear monger. Like, uh, yeah, he's very close minded, or he just is like old New Yorker attitude, like right. very like um, build a wall, like you know, like he's very like right. borders language culture is his thing. He's like speak English, like no, you know, like don't come in here unless he's like very, he's like a nationalist almost. You know what I mean? Like some, you would say, yeah. Um, super intense, but then he'll, 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 but then he'll talk about growing up and like polishing like, um, candles and stuff and like, like brass candle holders. And like his dad ran like this, like antique store, like old Brooklyn, like how he grew up in New York and his Uh like 
you know, like immigrant parents and stuff like that. He's got these stories about food and he talks about, he's very interesting. He almost is like listening to like an uncle or somebody like I grew up with and being like these fucking guys, you know, like, right. At least you get a feel for right yeah, where they're he, coming from. Yeah, super intense. And without people, without listening to people like that, I can't like gauge. Like I have to listen to it so I can be like, I know I'm not that far over. Okay, yeah. And how far people take it, I'm Absolutely. like, man. Like I make he makes me feel like sane and like in the middle. Be like, uh-huh. you know, where in in the spectrum of things. <clears throat> people think like he's the norm where you're like, Jesus, right. you know, like he's Trump, all, like has Trump on all the time. And you're like, yeah. you gotta be kidding me. You know? Yeah. Um, they th- and they think unemployment's 40% like in America right now, things have never been worse. Right. Obama's got this country in the dumps. They right. say one thing I learned from all these different podcasts though. Uh, well, his especially is how he promotes himself and how he's always selling. And like, he never, he takes phone calls too, which is crazy. I never think I could get to a point where I'm like going to take, live callers yeah but yeah he's really good at like creating an argument and getting baiting people to talk yeah and then he just like can turn their sound off and just like belittle them and you're right. like oh this guy's just on a power trip right right because he he a maybe or probably is smarter than average winged in caller uh because that caller might be even more of a nut job less educated such a nut job yeah and so aside from having that advantage over them you're not entirely a nut job you just preach to them you can hit that mute button and then it's still your agenda. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, God. It's his power control. Uh, Adam Carolla does yeah, that. I've listened to some of his stuff. Adam and Dr. Drew show, I'll listen to from time to time because I grew up listening to Loveline. Yep. It, it, my, the way I remember it, he was way more of a, like a socially liberal guy back in the day on uh, 94.7 NRK radio here in yep. Portland yep. Um, when they were doing Loveline uh uh, broadcast out on uh, however many networks listening to Adam and Drew show now I'm like oh this is a nice kickback but he's so much is talking taxes are bad for all of us and I mean that's saying he's said something that I he's not said that exact word but right, 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 right. he's way more right leaning than I ever remember he preaches a lot of common sense and he says a lot of stuff that I go oh well I guess I could understand that but the rest of everything he's saying Comes off as crazily offensive. You could totally understand why uh, people at Huffington Post and stuff like that yeah. don't fucking like him because he's an asshole. <laughs> he's a straight up asshole, and uh, he isn't the guy I remember. So I'll listen to it for like little bits of nostalgia, like oh hey, cool. That's that's just like the old love line. And days. things things change. Funny, yeah. Things change too to the point where they're getting older and like. These guys are a lot older than us, yeah. you know, a lot older than, you know, maybe a lot of podcast listeners out there. I don't know, I'm, I'm just making shit up at this point. I don't know, like the demographic of podcast listeners, but people get, the people really change like the older they get and yeah. then like they've been in the business for a while and they and get I'm, like super like haggard and they're like, I fucking know and don't tell me. And right. to some extent they're right. And yeah, that's the thing. I, uh, if that this dude had been this way always. There's no way I'd be downloading his podcast today. Right. But because he used to appeal to me, and right, now right. that he doesn't, that his views seem so much back, further backward than where I would be, I just kind of listen to it to kind of gauge it. Like, yeah. okay, is this, this is like weird people like the weird uncle. Yeah. Or my dad who listens to Rush yeah, Limbaugh and shit, shit like that. Here's a podcast you should check out and okay. for all you guys listening to. Uh, it's called Kill Tony, or it's on the Death Squad. Uh, Death Squad is the this guy Brian Redband who puts out these podcasts. He's got um, 
verbal violence is one. It's like a okay. a joke battle. Kill Tony. Kill Tony. Verbal violence. Um, and then he, now he just started one that's called the What Brian Red Band Do. And uh, very, like, they're L.A.-based. Uh-huh. But Kill Tony, uh, he, he puts on with this uh, comic, Tony Hinchcliffe. Oh, yeah. Who's one of my favorite. I think he goes on, on other podcasts a lot, too. Yeah. I think he's on goes on, like, Doug Loves Movies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And they're just funny fucking people. They The Kill Tony is like a people get a 60-second... One minute of stand up, so uh-huh. you sign up, put your hat in, they pick your name, then you have th- one minute to do a, a bit. Yeah, and a lot of it is like it started off with not comics, it was just people going up trying to be funny or like amateurs just getting in a spot, right? And then now it's getting he's done it for so many weeks that like now, like he'll have you know, like legit people who have been doing it 10 yeah. years, like flying from like comedians. you know, and come in, coming in, and they're still sometimes the premise of it is like. You can get a good like set in in sixty seconds, but what he does after it <clears throat> is what's so appealing because he keeps you up there, mm-hmm. and he has other professional comics on stage, and sometimes they rip the shit out of these people just nice. personally, yeah. just being like they like straight up be like, "You look like a pedophile," you know, like and, yeah. like and then the crowd starts going, and then it turns into like this like high school like laugh fest where people are like "fuck you," and oh, then yeah. some people walk off, but other times it's super um, it it's very helpful for these comics because sure. like, you know they teach them how to like stay in the they pocket and find like, their you know and if you want to be a comic this is what you need to do and sounds you know, like a good one so fun i like i listen to it at night just to, to put on like a positive you know because i can't go to sleep to that other stuff i'll wake up in the morning oh like, shit yeah they're like yeah. oh we're living in a nation of morons yeah two americas and i uh i'm moving to costa rica I, I, which i want to do anyway that'd be dope yeah super dope let me know where, when you get set up I'll, what else I'm do i want to listen to well, there's a couple others, but we got that. But what uh, outside of uh, Puck Fortland? What do you got in the pipe? Are you gonna try doing a pilot of the uh, the at the rack? I really would. I really, really would be interested. I mean, only because how can you not be interested in like talking to strippers? Right. You know, they're people too. Yeah, <laughs> of course, <laughs> oh, definitely naked yeah. people. Yeah, and I don't know if you can. Uh, the only thing is, I don't know if you can pull it off. At the strip club, which remember we we were brainstorming. We're right. like, we go, we set up, and we're at the we're actually podcasting and then we from there. Hit the record button on the phone. Maybe even plug the microphone into it. Set it down. It'd be great to have this set up. Tip like, incredibly, right? And say, hey, we're just recording a podcast. That cool with you? I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Bouncers come break your arms. So what? They're coming over anyway. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But I mean, that might not be the best idea. Is what you're saying? Well, yeah. I just thought maybe just going to meet. You know, like. You know, I frequent strip clubs occasionally. I'll go to, you know, spend some money and and yeah, and to have a beer and go, you know, see some. That titties. was some of me and my lady's first dates. She yeah. would take me to strip clubs when yeah. we were first getting to know each other. And those people having those, you know, like talking to the girls and being like, "Hey, come on the podcast," like right, you know, like it might be even more interesting to take them out of their out of the their work environment and be like, "So, how did you?" That's what most interests me to be like, what got you into dancing and how do you deal with it you know what I mean because I've been kicked out of strip clubs because I've gotten too drunk and like been offensive because I'm in this environment that like I'm surrounded by dudes who are like being weirdos like there's a a vibe it breeds this weird vibe in there and it's not really the case because the girls are just being chill and they're just trying to like totally do their thing but you have a couple beers and then you just start being like so do you you know like you get 
do you have to like do a couple shots and like a line of coke before you get up here? You know, like saying right. weird things. Like you take on that persona being like, are all strippers like super crazy? Granted, there are some chicks when they come out, you're like, oh shit, this chick's like right. turned up already. She gets talking to you and you're yeah. like, oh, she's she's off it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But it'd be super interesting to see the the transition of and the name at the rack, I feel like it's awesome. At the rack, yeah. Or Rack City, we were or, called. Rack City would be pretty good. I like the the famed song. You don't want like talking titties. <laughs> talking titties. Because no, then that might give people the like breasts with mouths so that talk to you, and that would be weird. That would talk. It. <laughs> I don't want that. I think, talk. I think Rack City might be better. Yeah. Yeah. Heel clickers. There's all sorts of. You can yeah. go down the. We'll have to do a little like a. A, you might a listener pl- listener calling. Rack City might be the best. Yeah, because you're you're bringing it. You're kind of localizing it. It's fairly well known nationwide. Right. Portland has more strip clubs per capita than any other right. city. The rain is a great Because if you go to a strip club, if you people out there have been to one, a lot of times the dudes will be hanging back. You're not at the rack. True. Like it's almost like to a promote. lot of times dudes are watching Sports Center. Like yeah. You could do that anywhere. Or man. gambling. True. And you're just looking over in the corner, being like, eh, I want to check her out. Sort of like it is like that per vibe. Yeah. But if you can get another thing too, like if the girls are on the podcast and talking, mm-hmm. or guys, I'm not. I'm. I go to a guy strip club. Yeah. You know. Sure. Just to get somebody on the podcast. I'm not afraid if there's some junk in my face. I just be like, just don't do the heel clicker thing, you know? Don't put your head in my lap and then flip up. And then click your heels right next to my ears. Yeah. And then um, it's ringing for days. Right. Yeah. But you can really, like, promote yourself on a podcast if you're a stripper. For sure. You know, like, come see me here. Where else do you dance? And, like, you're, there's, because there's got to be different levels. There's definitely different levels of... Stripper, yeah, you know, right. Um, I think a great way to do it is if we do, uh, if you did want to get the microphone at the rack and literally get it there, is while they're making their rounds, you know, working the lap dance circuit potentially, talk to them, say, Hey, when are you on stage next? Because for our podcast, we've been trying to do an interview while you're up there, you know, right. Do you do a lot of talking? Would you do talking to us See, while bet, you're up there? I bet you they would upsell you for the lap. I'll do it in the for the lap dance. Yeah, you know, so you're paying. Right. Eh, and an then investment. that might be the investment, right, right? For sure. You're helping people. There we go. Podcasts that um, I 
like, I don't exactly have a top five list because things get cycled in, cycled out. You mentioned Game of Thrones. Yep. I listened to this one called History of Westeros podcast. Oh, okay. And they get fucking nerdy. They'll spend two hours talking about a 55-minute episode of Game of Thrones. They'll do show review episodes. And they'll spend more than double the time of the episode talking about the episode. And I, as an obsessed like fanboy, I'm loving it strong. <laughs> and then they'll go into stuff, uh, you know, uh, book analysis. Yep. Uh, and then, like, Backstory, listener, listener submitted question yep. uh, episodes. And I just go crazy with it, man. And I listened to these people. I think they're out of, like, Atlanta or something. History of Westeros, and I just love it. And Young Turks, to bring it back around to music, we wrote a song about Game of Thrones. It's called Old Gods. And uh, all the time, I kind of want to hit them on Twitter like, yo, check out the song I wrote about Game of Thrones. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. Um, and the song's <laughs> almost three years old at this point, two at least. Aged. Um, now it's just like finally aged. Now it's finally coming to, hey, this show's coming back. I'm really into their podcast. All right, check our song out. But... Um, that's that's a great one. I contribute to a podcast. Uh, my friends up in Longview, my my hetero life mate Brady Berserker. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a dude I went to school with and came up from little kids. Star Wars and Kevin Smith fans and pro wrestling and comic books and all kinds of stuff. The kids like we've just stayed bonded on forever. Punk rock music and movies. And then my cousin Brian Bales from uh, Kelso. Uh, again, same type, like lifelong friendship stuff. They became friends in high school, you know, early twenties, dropped out and did their own life stuff. And now they're back reunited. They're doing this awesome podcast called super geeky play date, uh, where they just talk about like how shitty the newest fantastic four movie was, or, um, God, they do this thing where they'll do these top five lists and they'll, they'll do uh, top five best animated comic book movies. Right. Um, and that's right up their alley and stuff. But then they'll also <laughs> do these lists of uh, top five sci-fi fantasy novels. Okay, so you're thinking, oh, they're going to mention Ender's Game and Game of Thrones or uh, Lord of the Rings and the yada yada. They end up working Batman and Star Wars <laughs> and like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into every top five list. <laughs> and I'm only now noticing it that they're not doing it as a bit. But as I've been hearing it week by week, I'm like, oh, they worked all those same ones in again to their top five list. They just love Even it. if it barely qualifies. Yeah, right, right. If sci-fi fantasy novel isn't going to have fucking <laughs> Batman in it, but they it makes their list and I'm loving it. And so I either if they continue it on as a legitimate bit where they're making it doing that intentionally to be funny, great. And if they don't <laughs> and they just love these characters so much that they find a way to include them in every top five list. Even better. Even better. What was the name of that podcast again? Super Geeky Playdate. Um, check them out. And I'll write them emails. Uh, I'll go beyond it sometimes. I can't go up to Longview as often as I'd like, which I don't like. So I don't go, (laughs) but, um, they're awesome. They're, they're super user or listener oriented though. If you write them, they'll read it on air. Oh, that's great. Like they're, they're really, uh, yeah. Making a name for themselves and I'm super stoked on that. So I like to contribute, uh, and I'm just a fan of it because it makes it feel like, Hey, I'm hanging out with my friends who I don't get to see enough, even though I'm just listening to them talk. I, you know, I, I just, it's awesome to hear people's voices and then I can write them an email and they can read it on the next show and then talked back to me about it. You know, it, it feels almost old timey that way. Right. Um, 
And then I was on, I went on a Friends a couple weeks ago, uh, Chronicles of the Nerds. Same type of show, except for these guys are coming up on like their 300th episode. That's awesome. Uh, so they're, they're primarily their professional podcast. Yep. I mean, they have their day job, but this thing has been their passion for years. 300 and episodes is a long time, man. Yeah, it's a yeah. Year, couple of years. I was on, doing. yep, I was on 288, uh, Chronicles of the Nerds. And we talked about how back in the day when they first launched the show, they had like my band as the theme music for the show. And uh, it's one of the guys uh, puts on Rose City Comic Con. Um, so whereas I've got my fanboy friends up in Longview, Kelso, talking about geek and pop culture, I've got the Chronicles of the Nerds guys here in Portland directly contributing to it by putting on conventions and like working for the comic companies and stuff. That's awesome. Um, yeah, hell yeah. Podcasting is such an amazing medium. It is. I love it. I can't thank you enough for coming and hanging out with me on this thing. Dude, of course. It's my, my pleasure. Do you have anything going on you want to plug or talk about? Or is it just yeah. like, I mean, I just like that you're here because we haven't got a chance to catch up and it's been too long. For real. That's kind of what I was thinking when I was texting you. I was like, oh, should we talk about this? Should we talk about this? And then even when I walked in the door, it was like, okay, we'll save it. Save it for the mics. Get the mics rolling. <laughs> Uh, because it, we do have a pretty good banter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something I'd want to plug. I, I definitely uh, want to get the music out there as much as possible. So the pop punk band that I do is called Pause. Uh, and our we don't have any Facebook or Twitter, but you can listen to all the songs, download them for free. It's pausepdx.bandcamp.com. So it's free music uh, from a demo we put out just late last year. And um, yeah, love to hear back from anyone if you you know um, email me and I, I don't know i'm not i'm not like on twitter or instagram or anything oh, i did make a twitter account but i haven't posted anything from it <laughs> i've just had it for weeks and i'm just looking at other people's stuff it's a good uh, way to curve yeah but maddie k ftw if you guys want to and the uh, follow up blank twitter page <laughs> well i'll link all that stuff when we put this up here in a couple days for sure man yeah man like thanks Mental so much man it's great to fucking see you dude thanks a lot now I've been looking for a job, but it's hard to find Cause down here it's just winners and losers And don't get caught on the wrong side of that line Well I'm tired of coming out on the losing end So last night honey I met this guy I'm gonna do a little favor for him Everything dies baby that's a fact Maybe everything that dies someday comes back Get your makeup on Fix your hair up pretty and meet me tonight. Hey, this is Matty K from Portland, Oregon's Pause, and you're listening to the Puck Portland podcast. You're gonna meet me tonight. More like Fuck Portland. Oh!